listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, Sarah Ashley, Sean Moriarty, and Roxy Noberry. All right, six degrees of separation time. Yeah, Dino wrote us in uh, with some feedback from last episode, and he had a really cool question that we wanted to ask, which was, how many steps between Jimmy Stewart and Samuel L. Jackson or Lucille Ball and Jennifer Lawrence? I think we should go with Jimmy Stewart and Samuel L. Jackson, personally. What do you think? Yep. Okay. Let's do it. Sure. All right, Sean. What's the latest movie that, that Jimmy Stewart was in that we can remember? Uh, he lent his voice to Five Goes West. Oh. Five Goes West. Okay, voice acting so counts. Jimmy Stewart was in Five Goes West with Dom DeLuise. Yes. Yeah. Dom was... DeLuise was in everything for a minute. Uh, Dom DeLuise <laughs> was in uh, Men in Tights. Mm. He was in Men in Tights yes. with... Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes. Or Dave Chappelle, in... too. Low chart time. Do we think I Dave have no Sh- pen and paper. Do we think God Dave Chappelle might connect to Samuel L. Jackson? Well, a he's bit played better? Samuel L. Jackson yeah, on he the has. Chappelle show. Have they ever been in something together? <laughs> is, no, no, I don't know. Go from um, can you if you can connect Samuel L. Jackson uh, was in Pulp Fiction with Bruce Willis, who was in um, uh, I want to say he was in something with Kevin Spacey. I don't Bruce Willis? No, but Samuel L. Jackson was in something with Kevin Spacey. What was he in with Kevin Spacey? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was in The Negotiator with Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey was in House of Cards with Robin Wright Penn. Oh, but we can't do Netflix TV shows. Netflix doesn't count. It's got to be movies. Got to be movies. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kevin Spacey was in... Uh, okay. We, you can Wait, go let's, usual let's back it up. Let's back it up. Um, okay. Shit. All right. Forget that line. Uh, Just back it up. Just who back else was in Men in Tights? So uh, Dom DeLuise, Carrie Elwes, Patrick Stewart, Mel, Mel Brooks. Brooks. Um, Amy Yazbeck. Amy Yazbeck. Richard Lewis. Yeah, Amy Yazbeck. Yeah, let's Roger go on her short career. Shut up. Um, Tracy, <laughs> Tracy Ullman. Tracy, Tracy Ullman. Ullman. Okay, Tracy okay. Ullman. Um, oh, I've got it. Okay. I think I've, Do wait. It. I think I've got it. Was Tracy Ullman ever in a movie with Gary Shandling? I know she was in the Gary Shandling show at some point. Oh, oh shit. I don't know. I can name two Gary Shandling movies, and they both start with Captain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he also did What Planet Are You From, which was like the whole aliens trying to take over the planet by impregnating women. Um, I'm too familiar with Gary Shandling movies, which is a shame, I know. So let's start from the Samuel L. Jackson side. He was then. also in the movie The Woods, <clears throat> or whatever that was. Not The Woods. It was like the one about the animals who go and... Uh, Bruce Willis was in that one. Was um, in what? Uh, Over the Hedge? Over the Hedge, thank you. Okay, okay. Yeah. Over the so. Hedge. Yeah, well, there you go. There's is that, is, oh, that, that's our connection, right? Yeah, yeah okay, Over so the wait, Hedge. So wait, back it up. Okay, oh, but, but, so, but we need a Tracy Ullman connection, though. Tracy Ullman and Gary yeah, Shandling. Yeah, who, who connects connection. to Gary Shandling and, and yeah. Man Tights? Yeah. So, shit. Can shit. anybody connect Kirsten Dunst to Samuel L. Jackson? Because I got it if you can. Uh, uh, Kirsten Dunst to Samuel L. Jackson? Yes. Uh, uh, fuck. Was Tom Cruise or Brad Pitt? In it? <laughs> I know, right? Um, Kirsten Dunst was in Sp- uh, Spider-Man. In Spider-Man. With... Willem Dafoe. Um, Willem Dafoe is a good connection. He's been in a lot of stuff, yeah, too. Yeah, he's been in a ton of shit. Uh, was he in Usual Suspects? No. Uh-uh. No. Um, I can't believe he and Samuel L. Jackson have never done a movie together. I know. Doesn't that seem weird? Yeah. yeah. Uh... Shit, shit, shit. I just feel like Samuel L. Jackson's been in so much, and yet I can't think of any of it right now. <laughs> hmm. Who's in Deep Blue Sea? Uh, LL Cool J. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Um, 
uh, Saffron Burrows. Saffron fucking Burrows. And then a parrot, a parrot. parrot. If we can connect that parrot, Uh, the ocean, (laughs) ocean, (laughs) the ocean. I feel like no. I feel like there's so many people who are in Samuel Jackson the MCU right now that we have to like. Um, There's got to be something there. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Oh God, damn it! Um, I, we gotta look at more. Oh, same- oh, 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 oh! He also did SWAT. Um, Ooh, and there's Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, or Jeremy Renner's in that one too. Pre Avengers. Um, ton of people are in that movie. Um, How do we connect Colin Farrell? Michelle to- Rodriguez is in it. It's gonna be too many now that we have so many. Because I was like, uh, I was trying to do. Jimmy Stewart to Dom DeLuise to Carrie Elwes to Kirsten Dunst through the cat's meow. I thought that was going to be our like, oh. sleeper. No, I think Carrie Elwes, you're going to have to connect through something. Wait, can we use Carrie Elwes, who was in Liar Liar with yeah. Jim Carrey? What about Jim Carrey and Samuel Jackson? I feel like that's got to be a good easy one. That's guy. There's, there's got to be yep. a connection there. There has to be. Jim Carrey was in... Um... Jim Carrey was in The Mask with Amy Yesbeck. No, that's just going back to... <laughs> no. It's cycling again. Shit. No more Amy it when that happens. <laughs> Fuck you, Dino. Fuck you and use mouth. Um, you heard that? Oh. Could you make Kate Winslet to Samuel L. Jackson? Wasn't Kate Winslet in one of those? I got it. I you got, got it. it. Okay. Yes, I got it. All right, we're going backwards though. You ready? Okay. All right. Samuel L. Jackson was in Pulp Fiction with Uma Thurman. Uh huh. Okay. Oh. Who was, who was in Batman and Robin? Yes. With motherfucking Michael Goff, who played Alfred in all those motherfucking movies. Who was nice. in Batman Forever with Jim Carrey? Yes. Who was in motherfucking The Mask with Amy Yesbeck? Who was in? Oh, God, I'm almost got it. With Men, Men in, in Tights with Dom DeLuise, who was in Five Will Goes West with motherfucking Jimmy Stewart. Is that, yes. is that six? That's is six. That... That's exactly six. Yes. Slow clap. That's not a slow Woo-hoo. clap. That's a fast Nicely clap. Nicely done. Oh, Jesus, that hurt my brain. <laughs> okay, That was good. We've got three minutes. We want to try to speed around the other one. Uh, Lucille Ball to Jennifer Lawrence. Mm. Yeah, that I one's said it. Be... You, Lucille Ball and Jennifer Lawrence were in a wet dream I had last night. <laughs> that was a good answer. I like that. That's one. That's one. I because I can't. I'm trying to think of like the most recent thing that Lucille Ball was in that wasn't a variety show. Yeah, I don't know Lucille Ball's movie. The only one I can think of that she did was was Your Mine and Ours. Like that was, Who which was, was in like the late '60s. And, well, and I don't think. That shit. But Jennifer Lawrence was. Uh, you, you could connect um, Jennifer Lawrence to Virginia Madsen, Virginia Marsden, um, uh, from, um, from Joy. From Joy. Uh, but she why would you mom. do that when you can go straight to Bobby D? No, because then Virginia Marsden was in um, My Prairie Home Companion with uh, Meryl Streep, and then you could go even further back from Meryl Streep to yeah, Meryl Streep does take you back in the seventies. I because yeah. I I'm like having a hard time with this because I feel like there's another. Lucille Ball and Bob Hope were in a movie together, and Bob Hope did do some stuff later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't think of the titles of any of those movies right now because I'm drawing a goddamn blank. It's so hard. It's and it's hard. been a long time since I I've ha- seen those movies. I want to grab my phone so bad, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and neither am I. I'm just holding on to my phone for, like, coping. <gasps> this is so hard. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Let's not do this. Let's go on. Okay. okay. <laughs> and on that note, Welcome to Nerds on Film, everybody. I'm Sean Moriarty. I'm Brian Moriarty. I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Roxy. Your name isn't that hard to pronounce. I'm having a moment, Brian. Go ahead, Sean. 
No she berry. Just Roxy, no berry. <laughs> no berries. Not one. Not a single berry. Not a single berry. I don't give any motherfucking berries. <laughs> Her bush has gone dry. Yes. My, what? From wow. my, bush. <laughs> my bush is barren. Continue. Wow. Um, <laughs> Roxy, bush is barren berry. <laughs> if you're going to make a berry joke, I'm just saying you opened yourself up to it. So. And she's opening her bush? Is that what's going on? She's opening her dry bush. That's basically what, what we covered right she's now. She's opening up her dry book bush to belittle me. Yes. Let's try that again, shall we? <laughs> nah, I think we're good. Um, so, so fucking Jill happened. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about Jill. Jill is a Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things. Yeah, that's it. Let's talk about sex. That's your intro, Jill. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Somebody just shove <laughs> some sort of ADD medication directly down <laughs> Roxy's throat. Um, 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 I think um, we should um, insert um, it rectally. That is, I don't mean that as a... Just you say that because I'm Canadian, Brian? I'm just saying it'll Brian make contact faster. It'll butthole. get into our system quicker. Brian's <laughs> heard that Persian buttholes can be quite bushy, and I think that he wants confirmation. <laughs> you want confirmation Jesus. on a bushy Persian bush? Jesus was like the Persian. Where you get those Persian peepers? Um, Shall I? No. (laughs) (laughs) Roxy. 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 Guys, it is. You're at a ten. I'm gonna need you at like a six right now. Okay. Give me like a five count. Five countdown. Like a five year old. Nerds, just so you know, it's Friday night. It's a little warm in the nerd cave, and we have not had any any alcohol yet. So we're a little antsy. That's what's going on here. Antsy. Proceed. Okay, so so we're going to talk about Jill real quick. Jill, if you guys remember way back. The um, Oz episode. Yeah. She was she joined us for the Wizard of Oz episode. She has been known to give us feedback from time to time. She's a very dear friend of mine. I see her every Monday. Um, however, when she does write her feedback, she tends to write like thesis length emails. She wrote so, theses, yes. Yeah, uh, so Jill, love you to death. God damn it, you gotta write these things shorter. I'm Brevity. Not, we're Brevity. not gonna read the whole thing. Our attention spans are too short, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> and so, what I will talk about though, is that she, in her last email to us, which she sent way back when, in February, we're finally getting to this now, she actually gave us a kind of a cool game to play. Because one of her favorite games to play is um, assigning character roles or, or character uh, character archetypes uh, to the characters that she's seeing in movies. So um, who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? Who's the hero, the villain, etc.? Because they're not always the same thing. Sometimes they're multiple and sometimes certain things will kind of surprise you in the roles that they play in these movies. So she gave us a list yeah. um, to play with. And so what we're going to do on our episode today is just play her little game. and. What? I said sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I said wait. I was like, what? Yeah. What am I no, waiting for? I said for? sweet, motherfucker, <laughs> sweet. I'm actually really excited about this because I can see. A few of them said, are multiple, really good. Yeah. Like, so we'll start with the top. Let's start so, with, riding off the top, uh, Elsa from Frozen. Naturally. Go ahead. Here's my theory. She is the hero because we are we are rooting for her. However, she is also the antagonist. See, She's definitely the main see. character in the antagonist. I think yeah. the protagonist is actually Anna. I, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Anna is is the pro is the protagonist for sure. Elsa is the antagonist. It is it is all of her conflict and uh, the, her opposite motivations that are setting off all the conflict for the movie. Yeah. However, I'm not sure. I think Anna is the main character in the movie because yeah. she's honestly shown the most. Just like how when we were talking about, which is what spawned this whole conversation, yeah. which was in Batman, 
we talked about that the Joker was the was the the trickster and yeah. slash villain, but the true antagonist of that movie was actually Harvey Dent. Yeah, he ended up becoming the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can distinction make a distinction between villain. Mm-hmm. Which will just mostly, for more or less, becomes the trickster character, yeah. but not always, because in this case of Jack Sparrow, as we'll see later for, on. For context sake, can we go over the Do you want to go through types? a list? Yeah. Okay, so there are multiple, and um, it depends on which theory you're going with. Uh, Joseph Campbell has his own set that are very specific to the hero's journey that do not include protagonist and antagonist, but um, these are just some of the ones that I jotted down. So, hero is the character that you want to see win. Mm. It's mm. not necessarily the main character, it's not always necessarily the protagonist, but it's the character that you want to see succeed at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main character is the character who the story is mostly about. Uh, the protagonist is the character who changes over the story. Usually starts off at a point A and gets to a point B by the end. Correct. So protagonist? That's a protagonist. Yes. The antagonist, also sometimes known as the shadow, um, opposes the protagonist outright on all accounts. Their goal is the cause of the conflict. Yeah. The main okay. conflict. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, there's also, like, there's some ones that have double names, like, for example, the trickster or shapeshifter. I have all those later. Yeah, oh, better, perfect. Oh, keep going. Better, better, I have sorry. a whole list. Sorry, go. Then go, please. <laughs> My girl knows her Spring list. Through, through the There's um, also the villain. The villain is a character whose evil actions or motives are important to the plot. Mm-hmm. Okay, not always necessarily the main conflict, but they are important to the plot. Um, it's important to note that the hero and the villain are both moral roles. So sometimes people can be both or one or the other. Um, a foil is a human or non-human type character that um, is basically acts as a mirror used to reflect and illuminate specific aspects of other characters' traits. And then you have side characters. You have um, the trickster, otherwise known as the shapeshifter, which is um, somebody who uh, tends to be really like a comedic side point. Um, doesn't fully just dress. me, just me. Just yeah. tell Sean. them it's like me. But you can also <laughs> they can also be in terms of story structure. They can be what's called the fake uh, ally opponent, mm-hmm. oh. which is which is where they you they start guys. off being on the side of the hero, but they end up being the bad guy. Yeah. Or vice versa. You think yeah. they're the bad guy, but they're actually trying to help you. Yeah. What are our nerdonomy roles? Oh God. That's a whole other. That's a, <laughs> that's that's a, a whole, whole other, other thing. thing yeah. We've established um, that Sean is definitely the trickster. Oh yeah, for yep. sure. Very um, simple. There's also the mentor. Um, and there's also the messenger. Sometimes they are the same. That's definitely specific to the hero's journey. The messenger is the person who provides the call to action. Like the Gandalf. Yeah. And the mentor is like the Yoda. Um, if there's also the minion who's usually a sidekick to the villain or to the antagonist. (laughs) Just like that. Um, there's the threshold guardian. That's always, that's an archetype. A threshold guardian. Yeah. Is that, is that a, is that a, is that a thing that prevents IUDs? (laughs) That's what I was wondering. What Sarah is trying to say is like Hamdell in the Thor universe. (laughs) Or, or, or a dental dam. What? It's basically (laughs) almost like a, a smaller kind of barrier, uh, that's like kind of a mini conflict as opposed to like reaching the big tip. boss. For a, second, yeah. for a second, I was going to say, for a second, I thought you said like a little mini condom, like a that's really well constructed condom. They are the threshold guardians of childhood. No, it's um. like if you, if you think about it, it's like all the, like for whatever reason when I'm thinking about this, I think about like fucking 
Mario on Nintendo 64. <laughs> it's like all the little bombs before you get to the big bomb. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah. Um, so cute. And then there's the uh, Facel character, which is basically somebody who provides just, I mean, it literally means a piece of string. It's a nothing character that really provides a segue for an info information dump. For this story, <laughs> basically they dump ex- they dump exposition. Yeah. Help. Okay. It just helps move. It helps move the plot along by divulging like more the old prospector in uh, in South Park. Oh. Or, or that rod. Or Chris <laughs> Farley. Lots of happen up there. Chris yeah. Farley in um, Wayne's World. Oh. Yeah. Or think think of any Star Trek movie <laughs> when someone's talking about science stuff. They call it teching the tech. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who techs the tech in Star Trek is considered a fastball, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, and the, the Herald and the Messenger. Thanks for the that. context. So Fantastic. there's a little bit of context, yeah. Okay. So now that we've got that and that wonderful list we can refer back to if we need to. Yes. Um, I took I took so, legit notes. I have a legal pad. <laughs> you, you got the Chanel legal pad, girl. Um, so I would say if we're talking about Frozen, Elsa yeah. is main character. I think she's awesome. I think she's a main character. Yeah, she's, I think she's, there are two. So Elsa is the um hero and antagonist heroine and the antagonist right yep. the prince of arendelle is definitely the villain so that that's uh, sure. hans hans yeah, yeah thank yeah. you hans, hans is definitely is the villain. Yeah, but no is hans all, but is hans the trickster because he seems like he's on her side and you're with them he can be first, both and then he becomes remember jill he, says you can assign more than one yeah one you can, you can absolutely that's why i'm saying the, yeah. that's duke he's, both. he's for sure no you're totally right he's for sure both so the duke of weaselton is um the uh he's a trickster He's also a trickster. He's a trickster. Right, but he... So so him and um, Hans He kind is of, a villain, but I think the main villain is of Hans. it is Hans. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But he's um, not the antagonist. No. The, no. Yeah. Elsa is her own antagonist, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, which isn't is, that Well, the, the interesting part about with antagonists is they can also kind of go on an A to B journey as well. Yeah, absolutely. They, yeah. Can, they can have a turn because she does that. And that's why I think she's also kind of the hero because she ends up being the hero at the end. Mm. And that's what we call an arc. Yes. Mm. The more you know. Brian, <laughs> <Okay. laughs> well done. Uh, so <laughs> Elsa, we kind of covered Elsa from Frozen. Yeah, we, so the next one. I like this one a Bucky lot. Bucky Barnes slash Bucky the Barnes, Winter Soldier. But Bucky Barnes in, in the Winter, Winter Soldier. Soldier. We have to look at that specific movie. Ooh. So what do you guys think? Because I have my idea, but I want to hear what you guys think. So Bucky is, well, he's without question the antagonist because his his actions are literally motivating. They're, they're, they are mo- moving against Captain America. However, the real antagonist of that movie is uh, Redford's character. What's his name? That is... The Old secretary. Cock McGrayballs. <laughs> Old Cock McGrayballs. <laughs> God damn it, Sean. That's just how I see him in my head. I'm like, you remember fucking Old Cock McGrayballs? I just thought... Uh, you know, I was just the like... The river runs through it, guy. I was just... I mean, I said it once. I'll say it again. Robert Redford was in a Captain America movie. How fucking Pretty cool was that? Awesome. He Mind was Alexander blown. Pierce. Thank you, Alexander Pierce. Alexander Pierce was definitely the main villain slash antagonist. Winter Soldier, I think, is... I think mean, he's a villain. He's definitely a villain and the antagonist, but he's also kind of the fake opponent ally because he ends up helping... He ends up saving Cap at the end. I say he's a threshold guardian. Really? Interesting. I say, because... Because none of us are wrong, necessarily. No, I just no, hear no. Your I, he is because, I don't think he's an antagonist. I don't think he's a villain because all of his actions are solely the will of somebody else. They're not yes. of his own will. Oh, he's just a pawn. That's a good he point. He is simply okay. a pawn. So I'm going to go ahead and say that he is a threshold guardian. Okay. I know I think the, who you think the real villain is? Senator Stern. 
Gary fucking Shanley. Gary fucking Shanley. God rest his soul. Hail He's Hydra. Good. Hail Hydra. <laughs> See, when you do Gary Shanley, you have to perk your lips really out like this. You gotta perk them out like this, and then sound like you're kind of lacking interest in anything you're saying. Mm. You, you just, That's how you do Gary Shandling. Except you, you sound like Dom DeLuise in that entire space. No, he was doing it was, I know, but, it was, but it was a little cheeky. You just, no, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I know, but you sound, <laughs> a, you sound a little cheeky. You were like not that far away. You're not that far away. Jolly. I could have been somebody. Yeah. Oh, little... he's got bad breath. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Back to Winter Soldier. Eh? Yeah. Sorry. So, Sean, what do you think? I'm with all of you, honestly. I think that the... Pop <laughs> out! I'm, no, seriously, I agree with every single one of you, and I think all of you are right, because that just... It makes me realize how much better and how complex that story was that we can extrapolate it in this way. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to the next one, then. Frank Abagnale from in Catch, Catch Me, Me If You Can. This is an interesting one. So he's Ooh. absolutely main character because the story is centered around him. Mm-hmm. He's not a hero because his actions are not moral. He's an anti-hero. He's an anti-hero because you're still rooting for him. But he's, yeah, you're rooting for him, but rooting for him, but he's what he's doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which makes um, Hanratty, the character that Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks played, is naturally the antagonist. He's not a villain, though. He's, he's not just, a villain. He is actually standing up for what's moral and what's right. That's yeah. what's interesting about it. Um... There really isn't a trickster character in that. Maybe no. I mean, in this situation, I think maybe that the end justifies the means because he does become a hero by the end because yeah. he spends most of the rest of his life fighting against people like him. Yeah, he, I mean, he's for sure a protagonist, like yes. hands down. Yeah, he's a protagonist, anti-hero yeah. main character. That's basically he's an anti-hero through most of it, but by the end, he's kind of. Well, I, would you say he's a hero if he's being forced <laughs> to do the things that he's doing by the end? No, no, because he actually there's a scene there's a very important moment in it where. He's trying to get away, and Hanratty talks to him, and he says, look, no one's stopping you. Like, no one was going, and he tried, and he realizes he stands there on that little mm-hmm. catwalk trying to get into the plane, and he realizes that it's actually his choice whether he wants to help out or not. And then he makes that choice to come back and help him. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he does make the choice to become the hero in the end. Yeah. And then, uh, did we, did you guys already say who the villain is? Of Catch Me If You Can? It really isn't a villain. There's an antagonist. Walken. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Ooh, or, that's or actually... That- or that second mouse. That you know, second mouse. Jesus. I will say that's actually not that bad. That's actually not that far off because he's it's... He's a trickster, actually. Well, I would say he's the villain because it's his evil actions that are in, they're important to the plot. It is important yeah. to to who Frank be, is in, in the beginning yeah. of his but journey. But I think it's weird because a villain generally knows what they're doing. And I don't think Frank Abagnale Sr. knew that he was really, like, messing up... Frank's choices. I think Frank. I don't know if the villain always knows what they're doing. Villains don't always know that they're villains. Kind of like Parenthood. I'm like a dog chasing his tail. I wouldn't have to do it if I got one. <laughs> um, to quote chasing the Joker, chasing cars, Brian. Jesus Christ! If you misquote the Dark Knight again, we're done. <laughs> the analogy still works. Uh, I suppose. What would a dog do if he caught his own tail? He would just swallow it whole. Probably gnaw it for a couple minutes and then just go back to chasing his tail again. So, um, Brian, I think you should swallow your own tail. I tried. Oh, I shit. can't. Uh, <laughs> he has a tail. <laughs> Don't ask. Freak. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he uh, made his own single human centipede. <laughs> dear wow. God. Nom 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 centipad. nom 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 nom. Uh, human centipede. Um, what? South Park. South Park. Oh. <laughs> it's in the terms and conditions. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I think we kind of got that one. We yeah. Should we move on. Yeah. Show. Uh, Megamind. I haven't seen Megamind, so I'm okay. going to have to go with you guys on so this. So Megamind, 
um, for those who haven't seen it, so Will Ferrell plays the character Megamind. He's kind of a, a anti-Superman character in that his he was an alien. It was the last surviving alien of this of his world, and he has this little minion character. He was he comes from a species of villains. He was raised to be a villain. All he wants to be is a villain. But because Mega Man, his hero adversary, um, basically no, fakes his own uh, death. Metro Man. Sorry, Metro Man. Thank his you. Adversary played by Thank Brad you. Pitt. <laughs> Metro Man, because Metro Man fakes his own death, and um, and basically leaves him without a hero, without an opponent. He creates a hero, basically by stealing Metro Man's powers, or actually extracting him and giving him to a guy who happens to be an obsessed psychopath that he doesn't know is an obsessed psychopath, and yeah. he becomes the villain. Of the movie. Right. Thus, Megamind has to become the hero. Mm. And he realizes that, that his true destiny is actually to be a hero, not a villain. So, yeah. um, he... And he literally has a minion. He literally has... It's David a little Cross. fish in a fishbowl that yeah. wears a robotic mecha suit <laughs> that looks like a gorilla. So there's your uh, your archetype right there. Yeah. So he is... Megamind is obviously the main character. Is yes. he the villain of the movie? No. He's, mm. he's an antagonist and he's also the hero, which is very interesting. The protagonist... Is actually, I think it's Roxanne. It's uh, Tina, Fey's which is basically Tina Fey's. It's basically a cutout of Lois Lane. Yeah. Um, and then the villain is Hal Stewart, his protege. Exactly. Uh, who who is great as the hero. So it's actually this movie is so much fun because it plays with those roles. Yeah. It's just like Despicable Me. You know, you mm-hmm. have the villain trope who mm-hmm. goes, who has to be the hero. The villain in that case was society. Oh, shut no, up. Oh, my shut God. Up. <laughs> Forcing them into, you're I mean, bad, you're good, but now you got to be bad, and now you got to be, oh, fucking shut well, up. That you was can't part do of that. Fuck you, society. Metro Man went into hiding. That's why he faked his own death, because he was tired of the pressure. Yeah, he's th- and what's interesting, and what I thought was awesome is that it was actually Megamind doing what he does best, which is this very presentational form of villainy that ends up saving the day. Exactly. Um, so it's actually really, it's this whole beautiful children's message of when you be who you are meant to be and be who you be true to yourself, you find your own way. Right. True. And that gives me a little warm and fuzzies. Yeah. And that's why it makes me think he is both the anti-hero and a protagonist at the same time. Kind of reminds me of uh, The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. About that mm-hmm. family, you yeah, know, villainizing heroes mm-hmm. and them having to come to their, 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 uh, finding their true nature and embracing it and doing what they're meant to do, but doing it ethically. And and don't forget, know. these archetypes can also take the form of groups of people too. Sure, so absolutely. You could absolutely say that society is well, the time. real villain, John, if you really want to. Um, yeah. All right. That's a good example, Joe. This one I like. We are plowing through this right now. I know. Oh, of course, Peter Pan and Disney's. Yeah, bye bye. Oh, sorry. Back Peter. up. Peter in and Hook. Hook. Woo! That's a good one. So, this is interesting. I'm going to... before he goes to... Yeah, Nicole so Man. very clearly, he is a protagonist. Yeah. He starts at A, and he goes to B. Yes. Sure. He changes. Yes. Yeah, and he's... Hook is... Well, the movie's called Hook, but... Hook's not the main character. No, no. he's the main character. Yeah, Peter's the main character. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But you don't like Peter. Before you don't. He goes you're back not. To so yeah. you like what he was, but you're like, what's happened to you? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not. Nece- he's not necessarily a hero. No. Yeah. Wendy says it so beautifully. So Peter, you've become a pirate. When she talks yeah. about murders and that. When he talks about. So that's his hero's journey right there. He has to go from finding his true nature. Yeah, which is so brilliant, by the way, because Barry actually has a line in the original play of of Peter putting on hooks. There's a famous moment where after. Hook has been fed to the crocodile. 
he takes Hook's hat and puts it on. And he says, the curtain closes only for, for immediately after, lest Peter become Hook himself. Oh. The idea was that because he outdid Hook and he has no one to outdo, Peter might be destined to become him. And the way that they kind of wrote it where he was this corporate titan who was merging and doing hostile takeovers of companies, he did kind of become a pirate, is very beautifully metaphoric of Barry's mm -hmm. one-line. That movie pays so much respect to the original Peter Pan play. It does. A lot of people still feel it's really controversial because of the fact that Peter is the boy who never grew up. So to have him grow up is offensive to them, but that's, oh, you know, them. some people, I'm just saying that's for some it's, people. It's yeah. purists. They yeah, exactly. Uh, anyway. So I, I have means... something to say about, I have something to say about Hook. Okay. 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 I think like if, if, if you got to suck it in, you got to suck it in, suck it in. If you're Rin Tin Tin or Anne Boleyn, you got to make a desperate move or else you'll win and then begin to see what you're doing to me. This MTV is not for me. It's so PC. It's killing me. <laughs> Are we talking about, we're talking about the song, The Hook, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. You I'm are... sorry. That was just for that one listener who's like, I love it when Sean isn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> and comes in and says something weird. I, I will say we have never had a Blues Trevor reference yeah. reference on this show until but now. But now we did. Okay, so here's my well question. Here's my question. So if if Peter is the protagonist, what is Rufio? Ooh. He's purveyor ooh. of fine mooses. He is fake <laughs> opponent ally. Fake yes. opponent ally? Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Cuz I, I like kind of that. feel like I feel like there's a point where Rufio kind of is a hero in his own right. Oh yeah. So yeah, he is. I mean, opponent doesn't necessarily mean bad guy, right? Yeah, yeah. But we think he's an opponent because he doesn't want to he doesn't steal trust him and... and doesn't want to take up take over. He doesn't want to give up being the leader of the Lost Boys. Yeah. Right. He has the pan sword. He enjoys mm -hmm. having that power. But yet, when Peter reveals his true colors mm -hmm. and shows who he is, who he really says he is, he immediately what jumps on board. Yeah. So, um, and then of course ends up fighting Hook and. Mm. <laughs> You know what I really want? You know what my wish is? To wear Green. guyliner. More, more wishes? <laughs> to wear guyliner and then eventually end up dancing in Gap commercials. <laughs> <laughs> I just still, I still fucking love that. Oh, there you are, Peter. Yeah. I do that to people <laughs> and, like, all the time. And his face is all like. Ugh. Yeah. I, saw this... I just smash people's faces. I did. They hate it mostly. And then I go, there you are, Peter. And then they <laughs> laugh and forget that I just smashed their face. I see. <laughs> I, saw this, I saw this vine of this guy just staring confusedly at his baby while his baby was pawing at his face. And he did like a the dub smash thing with like, oh, there you are, Peter. I was Aww, cracking up. I was dying. Cute. So cute. Really funny. Cute. Um, okay, so then let's transition to the other Peter Pan. Yeah, Peter here. Pan from Disney's Peter Pan. Oh, so good. Um, classic, obviously. Yeah. Favorite Disney movie, as yep. we've established. Yep. On our Peter Pan episode. And and Jill, the Jill brought this up originally in the Peter Pan episode, this whole idea of main character versus protagonist in this one, because Wendy is the protagonist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, because she's the one who has the A to B change. Yeah. But and she's also the conduit for everything happening. Yeah, but Peter Pan is the main character uh -huh. um peter yeah i mean hook is without question hook is without question the the antagonist is he really brain is, is he, he really? i he's the villain he's for I, sure the, the, i think he's both the antagonist is time is her parents and society telling her to grow up there you fucking go that's what's up that's what i was saying right there sure the but antagonist is life 
I think that is also true. Uh-huh. However, I think Hook also plays into that. The metaphor. Okay, sure. When you so the the first as I've said many times before, but the, the first production of Peter Pan. But we're talking so, about Disney. I understand this, but it applies to this too. Okay. The actor who plays yes. Mr. Darling yeah. also plays Captain Hook. Right. In 99% of the versions of yeah. it, the one version I was in, it was the one exception where that wasn't the case. And I don't know why he made that decision. It was not it's in the script. didn't like you that much, Brian. But it was, it was <laughs> at the same time, it has locked a tradition into place that aids mm-hmm. in the storytelling so beautifully yeah. that when you say you're, you, that your adversaries in one world mm-hmm. are the same mirror images of the adversaries in the yeah. other world, it's also the why, like, the person who plays Elvira Gulch also plays the Wicked Witch of the West. It's, sure. it's that same uh. device you use. So... For that reason, I think he's both the antagonist and the villain. I, I would I would say that on a small scale, it's the hero and the villain are Peter and Hook. Big picture, the protagonist is Wendy. Oh, absolutely. Society is the antagonist. So fair. That's so fair. where the hero villain conflict is a metaphor for the protagonist antagonist conflict, you have to look at the bigger picture. Okay, that's fair. That's yeah. to- that's totally fair. Yeah. Um. And we've already established at this point, Peter Pan is main character, main character but not protagonist. But not protagonist. Um, threshold Guardian? No. No. The Crocodile. <laughs> the Crocodile. The crocodile. Is, no. Um, nah, I would say, um, what is the Crocodile? I was just fucking around. Tiger saying, Lily. Don't take me seriously. Um, actually, let's, let's talk about Tinkerbell for a second, because Tinkerbell mm, yeah. is Tinkerbell is not a shapeshifter, necessarily. No. I think she's not one of those... She she is an antagonist to Wendy. She doesn't like Wendy at first because she's jealous mm-hmm. of her. She doesn't actually do anything to disrupt her the actions though. No. Other than other than trying to basically she makes kind of a deal with Hook, but um You know what's crazy? Okay, I got something I'll throw a fucking monkey wrench into this for you guys right now. Okay. okay. How do you classify Peter's shadow? It is kind of its own character, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Hmm. Um, and the catalyst for a lot of what happens. I mean, without ooh. Peter's shadow, well, so losing the his shadow's shadow, the herald. Well, ooh. yeah, yeah there you go. the shadow like is the herald. But we've never actually explicated the meaning of the shadow. I think it's important that we discuss that. It's his okay. ego. Sarah, now, did he follow his shadow all the way to fucking back from Never Neverland to London? No, he was around London when it got separated. I mm-hmm. think oh, that's okay. what that's what the lore. The shadow accepts. is a representation of his inner child. <laughs> Und in the psychoanalytic analysis of the the well, uh, the actually... ego, the super ego, and the age of the character, we see how in the story. Yeah. Oh, hello. I'm just gonna say that Roxy's the... bad German rivals Eric's bad German. I, it, the only response I have to your Doctor Hildas, thank you for coming on the show. You're so the, oh, no, the only response I have to your Doctor Freud is similar to Keanu Reeves's. Wow. <laughs> I'm from England. I'm from England. <laughs> okay, so actually, I'm going to make a counter, not the inner child. It's actually the reason why he had no shadow at first, and he's the boy who doesn't want to grow up. It's the shadow maybe because it's a projection. Yeah. It's larger than you. It represents what you become. Which is still a psychological concept. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But not necessarily his inner child. It's He, he is a kid who refuses to grow up, to right. mature, right? So mm-hmm. he had no shadow. because He was war- warring with his shadow because the shadow was... The projection of his future. Yes. Mm. Sure. I can or, his, that. I, or his past. I don't know. Or his past. Mm-hmm. I don't, 
his days no, of future past? Of, if he's fearing his future of growing up, then why would he be so desperate to latch onto it and reattach it to himself? I personally think that Peter is actually the victim of nuclear testing. No. <laughs> which yeah, is why his shadow separated from him. And why no, he never no, there's, there's exactly. another actual little Freudian uh, defense mechanism. No, actually, <laughs> that Chernobyl is actually just filled with flying animals. This is Chernobyl, really good, if you turn the um, red letters around, it spells Neverland. Actually, there's another um, defense mechanism. <laughs> it's called um, projection identification. Okay. Um, where you talk about, like, um, like if, if you, like, the analogy is, like, another example, I mean... It's like a um, like a conservative politician who talks all day about you know uh, no to gay marriage, no to this, no yeah, to that. Yeah, the cult asshole. And, but then he yeah, goes and, the and meanwhile you know, he's having a sword fight in his yeah, mouth. Right exactly, after. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So even though Peter doesn't want to grow up, he's still having that internal struggle of wanting mm. to hold on to that. Well, idea. I mean, that's that's very important because there is the whole bit where they play family, right? Like right. he he's the quote unquote father of yes. the new of the Lost Boys, as long as it's make believe, right? Exactly, as long as it's make believe. Okay, playing make believe with it, but he's he's always been afraid of growing up. Right. So so in that sense, you're right, Sarah. The shadow is kind of the herald. It yeah. Kind of like it, it's the call to action. It's yeah. the thing that sets off everything else happening in that. Sure. Aspect. Sort of. It's sort of like a 19 year old working at a coffee shop for three years and calling it a career. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> well, the, right. the, he, the the character of the shadow is the herald. The action of him losing the shadow is the intrusion. Sure. To, to yeah. stasis, basically. Yeah. Go. yeah. So. Go. Good job, guys. Okay. I love this one. Charlie in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He's a Ooh. dick. Charlie's a dick. <laughs> so I'm kidding. In this one, <laughs> how's that for an archetype? <laughs> I say, is there, is there a metaphor for one a of the dick? only times that it's totally okay to call him what's his bucket? What's his bucket? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go ahead and say that he is the main character and the hero, yeah. but Willy Wonka is the protagonist. Ooh, okay. In, Talk in the, more about in, that. In, in the Tim Burton movie, absolutely, because he. This is Charlie and the Chocolate began, Factory. Be, which is yeah, the Tim so, so the the Tim Burton Willy Wonka, played by Johnny Depp, obviously. Yeah, he has. He's the one who has the arc, right? Mm-hmm. He's the one who actually. Actually, even in the even in the uh, Gene Wilder one, he, he's still the one who has an arc. But mm-hmm. they does the name change make a difference? Of the does the title of the story make a difference? Because I mean, well, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is also the name of the book, so right. So, I mean, if we're going with the book and then the the Tim Burton movie, I don't feel like there's a difference with the Gene Wilder movie. I feel like it's still the same thing. Uh, I personally. feel like both of those characters kind of have like a reverse arc. It's like Charlie is slowly learning responsibility, growing up and taking responsibility of this chocolate factory to help better his family and become a patriarch, sort uh, of, while... You know, Willy Wonka is like, I did all these things and I need to get back and revert back to just enjoying my time that I missed when I was a child because my father made me, was so strict. Right. I think there's... It's like the, reverse. The, Will, the Willy Wonkas, the Willy Wonkas are similar, but they are portrayed and illustrated... Portrayed differently. Very yeah. differently. In the 1970 version of it, I think Willy Wonka is definitely not, he's not the, the main character. He, no, Charlie's the main character mm-hmm. and the protagonist in that movie. But in that one, he well, the is... the hero of the movie. I, I don't think Charlie has any growth. He starts a good kid, he ends a good kid. That's it. But who is the protagonist then? Because Willy Wonka ends up kind of being uh, an adversary at one point. Like he... Because of the whole, he kicks him out and then 
ends up being a test. So what does that make him? Does that make him the mentor? Does that make him the... He could be more than one thing, but I think he's a protagonist. I think he starts well, off with with kind of being, um, you know, trying to do this golden ticket thing, being a little disenfranchised, not really expecting that any of those kids are actually going to pass any of the tests. And he's kind of a cranky pants. <laughs> and then at the end, he all of a sudden has hope and then kind of realizes that there's actually this wide potential for, for people in the future and for himself and all this other stuff. He kind but of... But I think... I think he has an art. I, okay, I, I think that, that Charlie does have an arc, and I don't think we should take it away from him because if – and I'm going to compare this to a really weird other movie, uh, which complete pull out of nowhere, but it reminded me of Book of Eli. Book of Ooh. Eli with Denzel Washington and, and, like and Charlie. Yeah, seriously. They both, they both are facing these odds where people are constantly trying to chip away at their moral value, and, and the, their arc is that they keep – it throughout the whole movie no matter what odds hit them. I don't know if so anybody's I believe that's trying an arc to, too. But I don't know if anybody's trying to chip away at him. I think it's I think society, he's worth, Sarah. No, society, I think he's I think he's watching fucking, all these other kids all and going, the yeah, all these kids that he fucking had suck. To fuck off and, and ruin actually inheriting the chocolate factory. I would say he here's the thing. In the Tim Burton one, Charlie isn't faced with the choice the whole Slugworth choice that he's faced with in the first one. Mm. And that moral decision that he makes makes him more of a protagonist in the in the original movie because of that. Because he has to prove, because he, he is tempted to, to take his family out of poverty by selling out. And he has that opportunity and he doesn't do it. His grandparents yeah. are all sleeping in the same bed for fuck's sake. Wouldn't you yeah. do it? <laughs> it's weak. But it's there. It's I, there. I'm gonna hold to. I'm gonna hold in mind that he doesn't have an arc. But that's just me personally. I'm gonna. I'm gonna politely disagree with you guys, on that. We'll take that as a sign that you think our argument, our argument has some validity to it. So thank you for that. No, I'm just trying to avoid a fight. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Conflict resolution. Gone <laughs> way. Great. Uh, Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one. Ooh. Uh, Obviously, the first one, right? Because we're not going to talk about yeah, the, the first okay. sequels that, that confuse yeah. everyone about his um, motivations. Trickster. He, trickster. He is the trickster. He's also kind of the hero, whereas Will Turner is definitely the main character and protagonist. Mm -hmm. yes. Barbosa is absolutely the a villain. I would say... Um, Barbosa's been a bit of a trickster, though, too. He's, sure. Yeah. Uh, with the later films, sure. Norrington is more the, the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, slash Governor Swan. They're kind of the antagonist kind of characters in that. Um, who is there? A, I wonder if there's a character type in there that we don't see very much that is lurking about. Um, mm. Unresolved daddy issues. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting because Will Turner is also the Herald too, because he is the he's the thing that's floating in the ocean at the beginning of the movie. So go. he's the Herald in addition to being the the protagonist. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. huh. So there, there you go. go. There you go. I just impressed myself. All right. Back <laughs> to fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So <laughs> oh, God. No. No. Fight club. All right. I just want to no, ask. I just want to ask. How does a character who, who sees adversity throughout the, throughout the story uh, but maintains their moral fiber, how is that? Do you just not see you just that said as it. an arc or do you don't think that it's, no, I don't that think, it's that I don't well think played that's, out? I don't think that that's an arc really. I think that's a main. I think that's maintenance. You said maintained. That's a flat line. I just don't understand how that's not an arc. Well, because we're talking well, about the terms that she laid out in the beginning, which yeah. is what the she made that laid out that the protagonist has an A to B 
arc. Yeah, and he doesn't have an A to B. And nor did I say Where, that well, I didn't. What's I'm, A to B? What's define A to B? Like, let's say uh, right now I run down the street and people are throwing things at me, and I make it to the end of the street, and I'm good. It could have gone either way. I, I feel like I'm somehow stronger and better for that. By the end, I am changed. I am at B. I'm not A to A. I, I, that's fine. I don't. I'm still. Dis, I still don't see it as an as that much of an arc. Why were they to, throwing rocks to, to you in the first uh, growing, place? Growing, growing, just you're saying arc, rising action, all that. I'm like saying the, uh, it's more about motivations, I guess. You're, you're making it more internal. Sean's thinking it more external. Yeah, I'm think, I think it's more like it's like Batfleck, you know, who starts it's, off hating Superman yeah. and then ends up being an ally with. It's him. every Disney princess's I want song. So I'm saying that Charlie doesn't have that. That's just me well, personally. Charlie I'm is also poor not at the end, at the very beginning, and at the end he has a fucking chocolate factory oh okay well vastly different station in life okay thank you sean i'm wrong no 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 <laughs> i just wanted to see where you're coming from no and i tell i you just you were wrong i <laughs> no i just i think that he does not have any kind of uh motivation arc he starts off being a good kid who wants a better life for his family ends up being a good kid who's getting a better life for his family sarah's That's talking it. again sarah's talking about internal change yeah and you're talking about external change yeah. Which is valid. Yeah, I mean, it's totally valid. I just, I... I maybe, and you know what? You're right. Maybe they didn't, maybe more so in the 70s movie, not so much in the newer one. They don't show you how, like, they don't do a good job of showing Charlie's internal struggle with how he could have sold out for evil purposes. And then at the end, actually staying that good is what actually made him inherit it. I think, would you agree with that at least that they didn't, because this is nerds on film. We're not talking about the book. We're talking about these movies. Right, right. No, and I would, I would give you that there's probably, um... Uh, a strengthening of his steadfastness, but I think he was always been a steadfast kid. Okay. So I, again, I'm I'm still. I disagree. see. You know what? Now that we've extrapolated it to that point, I see your point. Okay. I want to point out though, real quick, Sean. Uh, just because I say he doesn't have a character arc doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Oh yes, of course. I so yeah. I wanted to clarify that. Okay. Okay. So yes. we. I'm sorry, not three. We actually have two more films we want to talk about. No, we have three because Rex wants to do the last one. Oh, did you want to do? You talked about Captain Sparrow. Or no, Victor? she wants to do. We were only going to do oh. three originally, so this is awesome. We've yeah, gotten so this far. It's fine. Okay, so let's keep going. Uh, Tyler Durden in Fight Club. Ooh. <sighs> is he's Tyler's, fucking imaginary uh, though? Well, he's he's definitely he's still a character. He's he the is Jack. Yeah. He's, he's the Herald. The trickster. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's... Or is he is he the trickster or is the main is is fucking Ed Norton's character the trickster? Jack. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah, kind of like well, Jack. He's the shapeshifter. What characters? What what character archetypes is he not? Is probably an easier question. <laughs> I know yeah. it's like well, so he's he's kind of got an antihero thing because right. he's still going for something that's a moral good, but he's doing it in all the wrong ways. He is also an antagonist. Yeah. Compared yeah, to I think the Durden's narrator's the protagonist. Than, than. I would say maybe Marla Singer is kind of a... She has a, her she's own more protagonist. Of a she's more... She's... um, What is she? Because she's, she's like... She's not this, necessarily a trickster. If you think about it, she... She's just chaos. It might seem, that way. It might seem that way, but, but she's she the one who seems more vulnerable in those situations yeah. because she's dealing with a guy who's has multiple personalities going on and mm-hmm. you don't see that at first. Right, yeah. I mean, if, yeah. You, I mean, if you look at it, Ed Norton's character is a protagonist, and then in which case Brad Pitt's character is the antagonist. They have they yes. do have opposing motivations in right. that. And then I would say that that Ed Norton's character is also the main character. Mm-hmm. It's about him. Oh, totally. Um, Jack is what basically Jack. Yeah. Jack. Um, 
And then I would, yeah, and then I would kind of say that, yeah, Tyler Durden's almost like kind of this anti-hero character, whereas right. Jack doesn't really want to be heroic at all. No, exactly. And that's his, that's his arc. That's the th that's his motivation since he doesn't want to be heroic. And, and yeah. then Tyler Durden's the one that wants to do all this stuff. Well, that's what makes him a, the protagonist because he makes a decision that he has to basically kill Tyler, mm -hmm. which apparently lives in his jaw. Um, no. <laughs> uh, he, Kill, no, he he was aiming for his. Brain. I, I I it's a joke. I know that. It's in his job, Brian. <laughs> I'm just saying because that's what happens. It was he, metaphorical. He shoots, he shoots Tyler through the head, but then somehow it, his jaw. As long as he believes that shooting himself in the mouth at that moment kills Tyler, he kills Tyler. He has exactly. to believe it. There you exactly. Go. There you and, go. And 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 I am Sean's complete lack of surprise about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the episode title. Yeah. I am Sean's complete lack of surprise. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, making that, to, making that decision to destroy Tyler is what makes him the protagonist. Mm -hmm. So, Wilson? Wilson from Castaway. Castaway. I think he is a sidekick, and I think he is also a foil. I think he's a volleyball. I think he's a fucking <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> volleyball. There's that, too. I think he's a foil. Foils could be inanimate objects that are reflecting what's he's going definitely, on the actual, he's definitely and a illuminate foil. what's happening with the main character. Sure, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I would buy all those arguments. Yep. Um, yeah, I buy all that. I, I don't disagree with that whatsoever. Um, and, I mean, since there pretty much are only two characters in the movie, we know, yes, Helen Hunt is there, too, and her family, yep. and the guy who died in the plane with um, Tom Hanks. But, look, it's essentially two hours of Tom Hanks in a volleyball so yeah. no, Wilson Helen Hunt is the any, fucking. Wilson doesn't necessarily have dialogue, but the dialogue that Wilson has is different for everybody that watches it because Tom Hanks is talking to it, and everybody else's imagination comes up with what he's possibly saying back. And I'm sure it's within some sort of um, fence, you know, like he he has to be saying certain things that Tom Hanks is responding to. But do we? consider that does does that elevate the character to something different at all if if I, the audience is making different dialogue in their heads i'm not sure if, if wilson's uh role is to elevate but it's to illuminate as okay. a, as a foil he's he's holding up a mirror to what's happening with tom hanks so when yes. tom hanks is sitting there um and like staring at this volleyball thinking it's fucking judging him and getting yeah. angry at it it's because he's reflecting his own inner turmoil and his own struggle with staying goddamn sane on this island. So, so like, definitely hardcore foil. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I admit the last one on our list here, and we we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We kind can of. do it. I think we can. Roxy, um, it's all on you. We only got a few minutes to do it in though. So Thelma and Louise in Thelma and Louise. Okay, I feel like uh, Thelma and Louise themselves of the two. I feel like Louise is the main character. And if anything, that Thelma is her foil. Okay, Because explain. Louise is the kind of the moral voice, and Thelma is the one who who incites the action. She's the one who mm. suggests that they go on this adventure together. I thought it was Louise that suggested it. Nope, it's Thelma, because she gets to get away from her abusive husband. But, I, mm -hmm. it's, but it's Louise... Okay, and I'll admit, I just looked at a synopsis of the movie because I've never actually seen it. I know, it's like super anti-feminist to me. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm pretty sure that Louise is the one who call, like calls from the diner and says, let's get out of here. And so, then Thelma goes along with it. Right, but Thelma... The so, reason that Louise even thought about it in the first place, though, is because um, Thelma is divulging into telling her about how much mm, her marriage is a failure mm, and how much things are really going bad at home um, and how she wishes that they could get away because they could just go on a trip. You know, So like, do you think do that they, they could probably both be their own heralds? Yeah. Their own could, messengers? Absolutely. And then a lot... Because the thing is that... Um, 
Thelma's ex mm-hmm. is definitely a villain. Mm-hmm. And including, you want to even include the FBI, you know, the yeah. cops that are on their tail, right? Well, and then the guy that tries to rape her and all that Yeah, stuff. exactly. Yeah. And then, like, uh, with the, you know, um, JD, Brad Pitt's character, mm-hmm. totally the trickster. Yes. He absolutely bamboozles them. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it, I think it's Louise's uh, story arc. It's her hero's journey mm-hmm. because she goes from being this sort of um, miserable, you know, uh, basically stagnant character who gets to be put on this journey. You know, she gets presented with this opportunity and it's be, it's out completely out of her comfort zone. You know, she never asked for the situation, mm-hmm. but what ended up happening to her best friend, you know, what ended up happening to Thelma was something that incited all of these choices that they made and all this 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 uh this continuing arc of them finding their freedom mm-hmm. you know and louise had to really fight her own instinct on this one you know there's a really um interesting scene where her ex uh comes through it's uh played by um michael madsen uh i think his name's jimmy and uh he tries to talk some sense into into uh thelma or excuse me, into Louise, because it's just like, what are you doing? You know, like, are you are you even happy? Are you are you all right? And you know, she makes a choice. She makes a choice to either go back to to her old to the old life or to keep going. You know, and and I think that ending scene of them like driving off the cliff together. You mm-hmm. know, like that's such a symbol of just her. I think coming into her truth. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's such a great feminist. Which one's film. Thelma and which one's Louise? Uh, Louise is Susan Sarandon, and mm-hmm. Thelma is Gina Davis. Okay. I have to admit, Sarah and I both have not seen the film. Yeah, it's a really, it's a really great. It's it's great on the story. it's on. The I list saw it a long time ago. It's a good I don't hero's remember journey, much of it. You guys, I yeah. really really enjoyed but it. But the but the symbolism of them driving off the cliff at the end. Is that there's so many different ways you can interpret it, that, interpret that, right? It's like to a degree, it could be them giving up. To a degree, it's them like it's a statement against the kind of world that they lived in and that that was their only escape. But where, where, where do you guys think it lands? I agree with everything. I think it lands Roxy at the said. bottom of the Gulf. But we don't know. We don't know. It, <laughs> yeah, you need to see. You need to see the super feminist yeah. director's cut, yeah, which is the when they drive off a cliff. They actually land on a special pay-per-view event of the super misogynist WWF SummerSlam happening at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> nice. And it Fucking blows asshole. up and kills all those redneck douchebags. <laughs> yeah, women. They but they thought survive. it was too edgy uh, for audiences, and people really loved Stone Cold Steve Austin at the time. <laughs> sure, you know. John Cena! <laughs> we, guys, we did it. We did it. We got through the whole list. We did it. And we did it in like, what, 40 minutes, 45 minutes? Yeah, ish. Yeah, ish. That's awesome. Actually, more like 50. Um, Thanks, Joe. That's awesome. Let's get to feedback. Listener feedback. Yeah. Message. We have the first one is from Chris, which is actually short for Christine. Ooh. Um, She says, thank you, guys. You think, uh, sorry, thank you guys and some suggestions. Hey, you guys, love both your podcasts. This is probably going to be long, so feel free to cut parts out. I cut out the part that was for Nerds on History, uh, so I'm going to cut straight to the part for Nerds on Film. Sean, you said so, that some people wanted to insult you. Not being the type of person who does it, this part yes. is hard. This is a nerdy oh, movie insult great. for you. Well, you slime-eating dogs, you scum-sucking pigs, you son of a motherless goat. Oh, you spoke right to my heart. I love those three amigos. Within, without you, there wouldn't be two great podcasts. Uh, now for the rest of the gang. Brian, thanks for sharing your gra- your granddad with the rest of the world. That those for nerds on history. 
And thanks for being open about your fear of the xenomorphs. <laughs> You're welcome. See, Brian, I told See, you. See, I told you people out. love that you hate them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for telling the world about your religion without being too pushy or preachy. Uh, you're welcome. Oh, you don't see what happens when the mics turn off. He's like, Jesus is Lord. <laughs> <laughs> he starts flinging holy water at us. You have us. no idea. I've tried really so hard stinks. to get these guys to know an RCA yeah. class. He and keeps it's a not super working. soaker and of it in his car. got that joke. Move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, Sarah, thank you for your feminism and caring for animals. You're welcome. Most of all, thanks for providing a female voice to on both podcasts. Roxy. I was going to say, do I... <laughs> what kind of voice do I invoke? Roxy, thank you for providing a lot of the humor. Aww. Uh, and hopefully with the, that new degree of yours, you will be able to solve all those problems in the nerd game. <laughs> yep, that's what God I'm here speed. for. <laughs> I'm about that conflict resolution you. life. Dave? Thank you, Christine. We appre- oh, she's going. Dave? Yeah. I don't know much about you, but thanks for being you. <laughs> <laughs> Strokes for you Dave. That's first, pretty much like, all we can ever episodes. say to Dave. Dave, Dave thanks for being you. Dave, no, go Dave, back in your closet. <laughs> Dave, I just want to let you know Dave read that today and he chuckled at that. He laughed out loud. So oh, he loved that. He loved. Um, some suggestions. How about some movie classics? I mean, the really old ones. So another, another Harkin to cry to do a movie that was pre-1970. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, any Danny Kay movie would be good. I am specifically thinking of two in, in the particular, uh, A Song is Born and The Five Pennies. Don't know much about The Five Pennies, except that Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong, is in it too, and uh, some really good music numbers are in it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, a Song is Born, on the other hand, is really good, and it has nearly all the famous jazz musicians in it, such as Louis Armstrong, Benny Goodman, Tommy Dorsey, Lionel Hampton, and Gangsters too. Nice. I uh, wouldn't mind doing a Judy Garland. I like your feedback. I really wanted to do a, a French Roses New Wave too. film retrospective. That would be yeah. awesome. He, she continues. Um, other suggestion would be to do Bela Lugosi movies that were not Dracula, Ooh. such as White Zombie and Shondu oh. the Magician. Nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes. Mm-hmm. I that Gollum's been thrown. I actually like that idea a lot. White do Zombie's it. dope. Have you guys seen it? No. no, but of oh. course. White Zombie is the name of the band by Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie, of course, is a huge horror movie fan, so we know it has influences to today. Um, Best wishes. I will keep listening no matter what topic is done. If you are ever in Albany, New York area, shoot me an email and I can show you around. Hope to hear from you soon. Road trip. Thank you, Chris. That is awesome of you. Thank you so much, Christine, and we support you in any of your endeavors as long as it's not haunting a car that kills people. (laughs) All right. Uh, Stephen King jokes. Where's my fucking love? Not for you. I'm, no, I'm sorry. For you. I was reading ahead. Uh, so the next one is from Heather. Subject: Does anyone have any orange slices? Oh, from our Civil War episode. Okay. Uh, I just finished. Bitch, better have my Bucky. Bitch, better have my Bucky. And totally agree with the girls on both Bucky and Cap and the sliding in the seat issue. Hey! (laughs) Uh, Wanted to mention the Orange Slices comment. Sean had mentioned he laughed, but most people didn't find it funny. And that him saying it made no sense. But it did. Right before he makes uh, himself big, he tells Cap and Bucky to go on. He had this. He then said he did it before, well, just once, in the lab, and it knocked him out for a day or two. That's why he went from large to, uh, that's why when he went from large to normal, he was asking for the orange slices because it was about to knock him out. Uh, and needed the blood sugar, et cetera, et cetera, like we talked exactly. about. Exactly. That's, yeah. I knew, I knew that. I was saying I it didn't make sense to other people. Yeah, right, right, right. 
she says, tell Sean to watch it a fourth time. Pay attention this time. Uh, no, Sean. No, fuck you. Yeah, Sean. <laughs> that I got it. Actually, it's that, other people. That f- 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 feedback that, was a misunderstanding. It was more also directed at me because I was the one who said I didn't really yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. Sean explained it to me, and I got it. Yeah. Sean so, understood it. Brian, Brian didn't. never has low blood sugar because he's got a pack of Skittles in his pocket all the fucking Fuck time. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> They're M&Ms. They're M&Ms. <laughs> I can't tell over Skype. <laughs> Who am I going to build ramps for? Who am I going to build ramps for now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crunch my peanut M&Ms into the mic so hard now. Um, I do want to <laughs> close with one other thing because we've been you know, doing a lot more engagement with the social media lately. Um, we got into a fight with Alan the other day. And by the other day, I mean a few weeks ago, um, about a tape factory. And Alan said I should um, sip some Fernet and stare off into space pretending to be Batman. (laughs) And I told him that Lisa Loeb called and that she wants her 1994 circa glasses and her unique dress wear back. Um, Oh, you. and, uh, And I actually mentioned Lisa Loeb on Twitter with that. And Alan got all hissy and said, I don't have to explain my love of her or my art to you. And he swished his... Uh, scarf and floated read away. it on Twitter, y'all. Yeah, yeah, read it on Twitter. Basically, what Brian's trying to get to is he had a conversation with himself on Twitter, and Lisa Loeb liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and the curtain for of illusion has been thrown away. Brian, I'm just picturing in my head you logging in and out like multiple times. It's just like no. Did if you, you're doing, if you, you have Twitter Alan's on your phone, you can on, just switch on, between on, accounts uh, really easily. Facebook yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, it's the same thing he said. Is that I know which place I'm about to, I sh- which I shall haunt, basically. No, yeah. he said. No, he's saying he's currently binging this show on Crapple. It's like the Crackle for, but for obscure morning television programs. Same annoying <laughs> amount of ads, but they're all for vegan quail egg substitutes and open mics. And, uh, <laughs> and it was a, uh, it, it was the opening for tattooed teenage alien fighters for Beverly Hills that he posted. Nice. He's wow. binge watching that nice. on Crapple. So if you need uh, to binge watch garbage or know where to get some great vegan quail egg substitutes, I'd hit them up. And you know what goes perfectly with uh, vegan quail egg substitutes? Irony? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> micro-brewed pear ciders. So, um, I do like pear ciders. <laughs> and micro-meads, for it's, that matter. It's micro-brewed persimmon cider. Thank you very much. It's very bitter. It's not very sweet. It reminds me of me. I love it. <laughs> thank you, Alan. Hi. Um, guys, thank you for the great emails and feedback we love it we love it we love you that's awkward sarah we how love can you, you. sarah I how with the ladies sarah how can the pretty ladies and the guys with the fagleigen and the fagleigen give us the feedback and then the fagleigel let me tell you something. These <laughs> fucking kids are sick, okay? And you gotta give them the money. <laughs> what you can do is hire Jerry Lewis to deliver a message to us. That would be pretty easy. Uh, but you can also hit us up on social media. Just search for us on uh, Twitter or Facebook or Instagram. Just search for Nerdonomy. You will find us. I promise you that. Or you can go to Nerdonomy.com. Click that talk to us button. It will shoot an email right into our inboxes. The other thing that you can do while you happen to be kicking around on our website is go to that merch page. Page, buy a t-shirt maybe show your nerdonomy pride <laughs> and uh spread the word to nerd to your friends like a big fat freaking bird turd or you know you can also give a review on itunes we'd really appreciate that too yep and i got hit by a bird turd the other day that was like a human turd it was a log <laughs> it was like a lincoln log clearly made of worms and other assorted that was like an albatross that was that was definitely from an albatross here's my question for an albatross here's my question for you that's the guy's a jumbo did it have nerd glasses on it 
No, unfortunately, no. So somebody else is spreading the word of something that's not nerd like a bird turd. That's I'm really the word upset. Of turd is what that no, is. No, I think, like, yeah, I think a bird is just shitting on me. As I think <laughs> what the point of that was. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of nerdonomy merch, um, our girl Gina, she was rocking some pretty sexy nerdonomy merch. Yeah, she yeah, was. She was. Thank Damn, you. Gina. Yeah. Damn, 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 Gina. Looking good, my friend. Uh, yes, and of course, all those things. Uh, guys, I think we actually run out of time. We gotta get going. Mm-hmm. So, until we meet again, stay nerdy and tune into our next exciting episode. Same nerd time, same nerd channel, nerdonomy.com. Bye. See ya. And roll credits. And now, famous movie quotes you should not say during sex. <laughs> Wilson! I'm sorry! I'm sorry, Wilson! Ah. I'm sorry, Wilson! Wilson! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Wilson! Ah. I fucked that volleyball. <laughs>